there is a God and he defines males as a reflection of his image. And so the masculine traits of maleness, things like uh, ambition and drive, the need to provide and protect strength, risk taking, courage, a in general, an interest more in things than people are a reflection of God's image. Mm. Um, then God defines women as a reflection of his image in the same way, at the same level of value. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It's not a journey that we can take for you, but it's one we can guide you, encourage you, and sometimes challenge you along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we can't do the Salty Pastor Podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. <laughs> welcome, everyone. It's so good to be with you today. New endeavors. We just had a phenomenal celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's always awesome. It is. It is. And we're going to jump into a brand new series called The Future is Male and Female. Now, this series might mm -hmm. ruffle a few feathers, but I think it's very important. And we're yes. going to be talking about how society has taken the battle of the sexes yep it was a board game i think it was a tv show <laughs> at one point and they've taken it to a whole, whole new level. level yes um it's pitting men and women against one another men and females are just like more divided than ever yeah uh men are feeling women are the problem and yep. then they're going their own way and yeah. shunning marriage at the highest rate ever recorded mm -hmm. women feel like men in the patriarchy are causing all of their problems divorce continues to be at a significantly high rate mm -hmm. more people are living single than any time in recorded history and this trend has uh, its own swag yeah. its own merch it's like got its own merch t-shirts that say the future is female yeah. so i think we're playing a little off of that idea yeah. Um, but the the three main questions that we have about this trend yes. is, is this trend good for you? Mm -hmm. Is it a good trend overall? Mm -hmm. And is it good for our civilization? Yeah, well, you know, what happens to you spiritually? That's the biggest question of all. What happens to you spiritually when you ignore the other half of creation? Or you think the other half of creation is the problem? Uh, is it possible to grow stronger in your faith, closer to God? Uh, while at the same time having disdain for the other half of the creation. I really like a passage in 1 John chapter 4, where the Apostle John wrote, verse 11, he says, Dear friends, since God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then here's the kicker. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So he's not talking about romantic love here. He's talking about, you know, it could include the love between a husband and wife, but in general, he's talking about how to love other human beings. And when we love others, God not only lives in us, but his love is made complete. So the most important way for me to walk, to live and experience the powerful love of God in my life is by loving other people. So the, the half of the world's human beings are of the opposite sex. So mm -hmm. when he's talking about loving people, he's talking about loving everybody. Therefore, this is, I think, most important question is about value. 
And that is how do you as a female value males, whether you are in love with one married to one, or you have been hurt by one, uh, men, how do you value females, whether you're married to one or not, and whether you've been hurt by one, that's what it's all about. How do we value women and how do we value men? That's why we say the future is male and female together. Now, this seems to be the crux of the issue today. Are men and women meant to partner with one another or are we meant to compete with one another? Mm -hmm. Are we around to conquer one another, to control one another? How are we supposed to view the general relationship between males and females through a biblical viewpoint? Well, I think our frame of reference is also often called the worldview. You know, everybody has a worldview. Everybody has a perspective. Everybody has a frame of reference. And the better way to understand what your frame of reference is or your worldview is, is by asking yourself really good questions. And one big question is, what is my definition of a human being? Is a human being just a highly evolved animal with doesn't have a soul, doesn't have really thoughts and feelings. It's just a little bit higher up and there's more powerful instincts. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit more intelligent. Um, Or do I actually believe that human beings uh, were created by a God and who is this God and what does it mean to be created by God? And so in this particular discussion, we have to ask ourselves, well, what exactly is a male and what exactly is a female? And what's interesting is that the inability to define these two basic concepts have led to all the craziness Mm. that we are experiencing today. And so in the Bible in particular, what we see is the frame of reference is that there is a God and he defines males as a reflection of his image. And so the masculine traits of maleness things like uh, ambition and drive, the need to provide and protect, strength, risk-taking, courage, a, in general, an interest more in things than people are a reflection of God's image. Mm. Um, Then God defines women as a reflection of his image in the same way, at the same level of value. So all the feminine traits of femaleness, things like uh, generally a greater interest in people and communities than things and uh, the capacity to nurture, drawn towards nurturing, to the capacity to give birth to children. Uh, women on the feminine traits tend to be more agreeable. You know, the, it's called agreeableness. And so females always chart so much higher than males on that. All of these feminine qualities uh, encased in a female are a reflection of the image of God. So the definition of males and the definition of females are both equally expressions of the image of God. So it also then goes on further. The Bible teaches that males and females are tainted by the evil in this world. Okay. Mm. So there's sin in this world and we're tainted by that. It impacts us. And so Paul makes this point in Romans three twenty three. he says, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody is in this boat 
And so in order to understand yourself as a male, in order to understand yourself as a female, I think it's critically important to understand first how are males and females different from one another. In that way, you then understand how the taint affects males and females differently. And that's really critical. So it seems like we need to understand ourselves as males or mm -hmm. females mm -hmm. in order to really understand the opposite sex, Correct. right? Yes. And it also seems like we don't need to not only understand them, but we need them Yes. in order to really grow spiritually. It's not just a, I understand who yes. females are supposed to be, but yes. I need them in my life. Yes. Not just, oh, they're, they're this thing that I can observe Correct. from a distance, right? Yeah. You know, that, that's really the point I think in, you know, the goal we ask ourselves overall as human beings is what does it mean to grow spiritually? And here at the Salty Pastor, we want to help you grow spiritually. It's your journey. It's your faith. We're not here to tell you what to believe, but we're here to coach you, to give you data and facts and, and ways of thinking, tools of thinking that help you become who God is calling you to be in him, you know, mm -hmm. find your best self in Jesus. And so the goal of spiritual maturity, this, the goal of this journey is that you become stronger as a person. You have deeper wisdom. You you're more courageous in life. You're more confident in life. You have a deeper sense of meaning, value, and purpose. And we call this a mature faith. And there's no path to these virtues without males and females working together. And that's why the future, your future in particular, is male and female together. So where do we start our journey of deepening our understanding? <laughs> well, we can, you know, it, we could talk about both together, but what we wanna do is we wanna spend the first few weeks talking just about males. And then what we wanna do is we're gonna talk about females. And part of that is just pragmatics because that way the female stuff lines up with Mother's Day. Mm. And so we, we wanna be, yeah, we wanna be talking about the value of women on Mother's Day, that's for sure. And so I think that uh, we can look at various passages. Uh, Pastor Harvard's gonna pick, uh, kinda uh, start the series for us mm. and, and kinda launch it. And he's going to be talking about, uh, I believe Nehemiah or some, and some other things, but I'm going to kind of go to Proverbs two that gives us just a general introduction to males. Okay. And in, in Proverbs chapter two, it, it just, you know, I don't know, there's probably, I don't know, 22 verses. It's not really long and it's written in a certain uh, pentameter. And so it sounds a little different, but it's like poetry or whatever. It'd be yes. like today, it'd be like taking concept and then wrapping it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it kind of has that feel to it. But it basically says in verses one through five, it says, my son, so he's talking to males, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it, as for silver and search for as it for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So the first thing is that for males, what he's saying is that let God define authentic masculinity. He says, look, uh, take my words, take my commands, my instruction to you, and then apply your heart to understanding them. So what I've tried to do is he's saying is teach you what a man is. And I want you to grab onto my instruction and then understand it. And you have to understand it in the context of the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. So what he's saying is 
I am sharing with you, this is what it means to be an authentic man. And it comes from a knowledge of God. So God is defining authentic masculinity. And I think it's really important to begin there because the innate drives of men are a reflection of God's image within males. And these drives, like anything else, can be warped due to the taint. But what our society has done is it says we will only take examples of how these drives are tainted, right? And then, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to emasculate men by removing all of those drives. And you see this as a predominant agenda express purpose in our educational system today. And that is, is that the goal is to turn boys into future feminists. And that's the goal. Mm. And, uh, do I want men to grow up and respect women and love women? Absolutely. But the feminist definition of a male is nowhere near or close or reflective of God's definition of masculinity. It is emasculinity. And so that's a real problem in our world today. So even though our drives can be warped, that doesn't mean that the innate drives are bad. So how do you make sure that your innate drives are good? How do you celebrate them and keep them from being warped or perverted? Well, the key is to find the knowledge of God. It's in the knowledge of God in the understanding of how God created you and what he created you for. I call this discovering your masculine soul. And what that means is the knowledge of God becomes a knowledge of myself. You see, it's not an intellectual pursuit. It's like, well, if there is a God, then he must be like this. And if there is a God, then can he make a rock so big he can't lift it? Or, you know, that that's not the knowledge they're talking about. They're saying, well, if there is a God and he created me, what are, what are these innate drives that he's put within me? So a knowledge of God becomes a deep knowledge of yourself. Your definition of what it means to be a man is based upon a knowledge of God. It brings deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. And it also helps you understand how my drives can be uh, good and beneficial, but they can also be warped if I'm not careful. So I think that's where we have to start is that God defines authentic masculinity. That's the first step in understanding what it means to be authentic male. So really discovering our true selves as men. Yes. really starts when we start discovering the knowledge of God. Yeah, absolutely. And he goes on to say in, in verses six through nine, kind of the next step, he says, look, when you start pursuing your masculine, your masculine soul, this is a good thing. It's a right thing. It's a fair thing, not just for you, but for everybody else. Listen to the words he's saying, I want you to pursue God, the knowledge of God, um, an understanding of God. And then he says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk and blameless. He, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. And then you will understand what is right and just and fair every good path. So the more men pursue their masculine soul by listening to the words that come from the mouth of God, then the more successful they'll be, the more prosperous they'll be, uh, the more just, the more fair. This is right. Not just for them. It's, it's the best path, not only for them, but for every other person in their life, particularly women. 
So there's this huge movement that basically takes any trait that is masculine. Yes. And basically calls it toxic. Yes. I'm assuming that that is counterproductive as a whole. <laughs> I mean, there's there are things that have happened by men that are bad, but as a whole saying maleness as a whole is toxic which is kind of the vibe it's like okay these two guys or these many guys did these things and now the entirety of this gender is toxic and bad and can never be redeemed basically right, yeah. is, is the idea is the idea yeah and it's terrible i think it's it's a it's a horrendous idea because uh first and foremost is authentic masculinity uh is what protects uh, males at what guides males and it's what protects women and children. And, you know, I, I was listening to this person say, you know, well, men are, are the rapists, you know, women aren't going around raping, uh, males, which that turns out to be false because there's a lot of female teachers that rape underage children all the time. Mm. And, uh, but let's just, let's just grant that all males are that. And, and, and so, uh, uh, there's another gal by the name of, uh, Christina Haas Summers. She's a researcher and she says, uh, well, it's true that males rape more than females. That is true. And, but the issue though, is that who tracks down those men and brings them to justice? Males, right. <laughs> other males. And the, the point is, is that, is that, uh, is, it's important to understand is that the protection drive is what is good for all of society. And, you know, in Proverbs, in verses 10 through 15 of chapter 2, he talks about that. Listen to verse 10. He goes, wisdom will enter your heart. So once you start uh, pursuing authentic masculinity in God, wisdom enters your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. So not only does discretion and understanding protect and guard me, it guards and protects everybody else around me. Mm. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. So now we're talking about men who uh, have been, have succumbed to the taint and they're doing wicked things. He goes, look, you have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil and whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So being masculine for males is all about your heart. Discovering the knowledge of why you're masculine is critically important so that you can be protected and guarded from being led down the path, right? Of wickedness and what wicked men do who succumb to the taint. Mm -hmm. And so this is really a part of masculinity is that you have to understand these drives are God given and they're very powerful. You know, they're very, very powerful. And these powerful drives need to be, uh, contained. They need to be controlled through discipline and understanding and through wise choices. And that's what protects me and keeps me from not going off and doing something that is damaging to myself and to other people. So it's really true that as a man discovers his true authentic manhood in God, not just for himself, but once he discovers who he is in God and mm -hmm. what that authentic masculinity looks like, then he can really start understanding the importance and significance of women yeah. without that initial understanding of who he is under what God has, has laid out as true authentic masculinity. There's mm -hmm. no way he can understand what God has for women and what they 
look like in your life yeah in a in a real way mm-hmm. that's very correct uh, authentic masculinity shows you how to relate to women and what it does is it also shows you uh and we'll talk about this later on we'll, we'll dig into what it means biblically and how the taint affects women but there are women affected by the taint who use sexuality to manipulate men and so how, as a man, do you pursue sexual intimacy? It's one of the most powerful drives within you. And particularly when you're young, it's going to be a powerful drive on you. So some guys say, well, I want to stop the drive, which turns out to be counterproductive because that's impossible. That's like saying, I don't want to eat to some guys. Now I'm not trying to say being you know, having sex is the same as eating. But what I am saying is that the drive, the power of the drive is overwhelming mm. uh, for males in, in particular. And so the question though is, how do I let the wisdom and discretion of God speak into my life so it will protect me and guard me? And so listen to what he says in verse 16, wisdom will save you from the adulterous woman, the, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Now notice he takes a masculine drive of sexuality and he shows you how pursuing masculinity protects you from the taint's influence to pervert this drive. And it insulates you from women who want to use that sexual drive within males against them. Right? Right. So the goal for all males should really be to discover the value in God and what he has planned for you in order to really understand who they are and how to best express their masculine qualities in order to avoid some of these things that have then be, have been deemed toxic. Like yes. the, the, a, the, a lot of these um, ideas of toxicity are from a perversion of these innate drives that are meant yes. to actually protect us. So when you're practicing um, protection and these things that are innate to men, in the proper way that God has laid out for us, you avoid these issues that are now being deemed as toxic. But when yes. those are perverted and taken to an extreme level, then yeah, those can become toxic, but the innate um, drive, drive and value is not toxic. Correct. And, and that's, and that's really it is what's toxic is not masculinity. Feminine, feminine qualities are not toxic. Sin is toxic. Correct. See that, and that's that's the problem. And and so when someone says, "Hey, it's toxic masculinity," some people are going to say, "Well, yeah, that you know, well, men can do toxic things." And you say, "Well, no, sin." As Paul says in Romans chapter seven, he goes, "I don't do what I want, but it's the sin which indwells me." And so I think it's really important to understand is that it's the sin, the taint in us that impacts our capacity to understand the power and purity of these drives within us. Mm. And so, uh, that's a lifelong struggle for men. And so I think we must understand that it isn't masculinity that is toxic. It's sin that's toxic and it's sin that can warp masculinity. Sin is is toxic for women and it can, is what makes women uh, and their feminine things 
have negative impacts as well. It's not women, feminine drives of women that are toxic, Mm. but it's the perversion of sin that can take their natural drive and make it toxic. Right. And so it's really important to make that distinction. It's really, really important. And the reason why is because if you don't, then you'll conflate. And I've talked about conflation before, and you and I have discussed it over and over again about religions. And this is what atheists and scientific materialists and secular humanists do with religions all the time is you conflate it. And it's like, well, you know, um, uh, and, and this is what feminism does today and say, well, we don't need men. They devalue men. They feel that they want to push men to the side. And the reason why is because men, uh, a lot of feminists are like men are pigs or men are just this way. That's all they care about. That's all they want. And really what they do is they just have this stream of horrific denigration of men. Mm. And it's amazing to me how many women today in this world believe that stuff and pick it up. And then they look at their own life and wonder why they're so unhappy. Right. You know, well, because half of the population is men and the Bible specifically says that God's love is made complete in me when I learn how to love. So denigrating and holding disdain and contempt for men or a low opinion of men isn't going to help you draw closer to God in any way, shape or form. And I guarantee you that if you draw far away from God, if you distance yourself from God, then you're not going to have a sense of peace or meaning or fulfillment in your life, Mm. whether you're a man or a woman. Right. So that's really important. And so let's, let's read what the final three verses say about for guys in particular, though, authentic masculinity. He says, verse 20, thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Now, this is really important to understand, uh, particularly in Old Testament Judaism. And that is the notion of the land was the covenant. You see, and so what happened is what in the covenant and the way when you read a lot of extant literature about ancient Judaism is that they had this overwhelming belief that this land is what was promised to us Mm. and the fertility of this land, its capacity to grow food and feed us and sustain us and take care of us is based upon our keeping our side of the covenant with God. So if there's a famine or there's disease or blight amongst the crops or, or amongst the livestock, that's because we aren't keeping the covenant with God. Right. So this was their idea and their mentality. So you see that coming out in these last three verses. He goes, look, if you are upright, you're not only going to live in the land, but you're going to remain in it. So it's going to sustain you and you're going to have a great life. But if you turn away from God in wickedness, guess what? You're going to lose the land. You're going to lose it. And because God not only provides the uh, fertility of the land, he also protects you. And so people will come in and try to take it from you. They won't be able to do that. And in the way, I think it's very important for men today to understand is that I need to discover that I truly am valuable. And this is, this is really the hardest part of working with men today that I have found is that every man that that's really struggling, every man that, uh, 
lacks a sense of confidence or a sense that he uh, is important to other people. Uh, the, the sense that as a protector, he is protecting and people rely on him. He's needed. Uh, mm. That's very important for men to have a sense of fulfillment. Man, I'm needed by these people. I got to show up because they need me. I'm a protector. I'm a provider. I'm a provider for uh, the people in my life. You know, I go out and I, I'm doing something noble by working hard and making a difference. My my customers, I'm providing for them a service. These things are very important to the very core masculine drives within the soul of a man. And yet one of the difficult things that I find is that men who are struggling emotionally and spiritually and mentally have all started from the same starting point. And you know what that is? I have no value as a man. Mm. I have no value as a man. Our society doesn't value men. Women don't want men. Uh, you know, they just want to do it on their own. Um, this And so what's fascinating to me is because this has been such a prevalent mentality seeded into our culture over the last 60, 70 years. This is not, you know, I mean, we've raised three generations of guys on this mentality in our, in our media and our culture and everything else. And so what happens now is because of that, men start from the thing is that I, I don't have any value. I have no idea if I have value. And then, and then I feel like, well, the only value I have is, is people who want to, you know, use me for some purpose. So they feel used. And so now, uh, in the last 10 years has been a massive movement that I have just watched with absolute fascination. And it is called the men going their own way. They are called MGTOWs and it is on the internet and it is massive. I mean, if you get on there and you Google it, you go to YouTube or, or Twitter, you go to any of these social media platforms, but you know, it is massive. It is a massive movement. These guys are holding conferences and writing books and tens of thousands of men are going. And it's really interesting because everything that feminists say they don't like is what they're creating for men in this movement. Mm. It's really fascinating to me. So the, the feminist movement decided to say that men have no value. Let's begin with that. And then they use the public education system and the media and everything else to convince boys that that's the case. And they did it out of what they believe was a good intent. And that is, well, if we teach boys this, we turn them into betas and we get rid of any other masculine drives. You know, we're going to remove competitive sports, a competitive tag, competitive anything. We're going to remove all danger and teach them to be afraid of to any risk taking. And so that way they won't get angry and they won't get the, what they've done in doing that is they've created a entire generation of rageaholic males, mm. right? Because they're, they, they totally misunderstood the psychology because their definition of a human being is secular and atheistic in nature. And what they did is they violated the natural law. They violated God's definition of what a human being is. And in the end, through their attempt to devalue the masculine qualities of males, they haven't created an entire generation of males cut in the image of what a feminist wants. What they've done is they've created the MGTOWs. And these are guys that are out there. And man, it's fascinating stuff because they have the lowest opinion of women that you could ever imagine. Mm. You know, it is not good. And so all that group over there is going to produce is more men who use women for their own pleasure. And, and so, I mean, wow, that's what happens when the world tries 
to achieve something. It pits men and women against each other. It has a low value of one or the other. And what God is saying is that, look, ladies, females, you are created in my image. Males, men, you are created in my image. And the only way we're going to have a future, which is really good for males and a future that's really good for females is if we look at a future that is male and female together. Well, I'm really excited for us to be spending some time on this subject because I know obviously I've been personally Mm -hmm. affected by this and thoughts of um, our culture and our education have been teaching people this for a long time. So getting back to what the Bible says about who we are as men, who we are as women, um, I think is super important. So I'm excited to be spending some time in this. I encourage you guys as our listeners to start having these discussions. It's something we kind of shy away from sometimes because it's a hard conversation to have. And if you say the wrong thing, people start thinking you believe one way or another, and then they start inferring that, well, because you said this, you must believe all these other things. And I think it's really important to have these conversations about what you do believe and why it's important and what the Bible says about what we should be believing. So we encourage you to have these conversations and we just thank you so much for joining us. We are excited to give you something a little special on Thursday. So make sure you tune in on Thursday for a very special episode of the Salty Pastor Podcast. Thank you so much and we'll see you on Thursday. All right. Blessings.